We'll continue again with uh, studying the book of the Acts of the Apostles. The book of the Acts of the Apostles. This will be the 29th part. 29th part. In our last meeting, we focused on the events following the prayers of the 120 disciples in the upper room, namely the revelation of the Word of God concerning Judas' character and Peter's presumption in recommending the election of a replacement. We use this event to discuss the manner of divine revelation. The manner of divine revelation, that's what we discussed last week. We noted the following about divine revelations. One, that God is the presenter and must be the interpreter. We must not presume what God has neither revealed nor interpreted. When God has revealed something to us, we go back to Him in prayers. We receive interpretation. And if we lack understanding, we go back to him again in prayers to receive understanding. Secondly, divine revelations revolve around prayer. Either prayer will initiate divine revelation, or divine revelation will initiate prayer. Either way, it revolves around prayer. So, we have to be in the state of prayer. Thirdly, we noted that divine revelations reveal a person, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is also the Word of God. And therefore, they do not conflict and cannot conflict, neither do they contradict the written word of God. Because they reveal Christ. Christ is the word of God, spoken and written. And so, a revelation from God can never contradict the written word of God. Fourthly, we note that divine revelations are progressive. They are released in triples, and as recipients mature in Christ, as they are mature in Christ and are able to absorb or assimilate what God is revealing. We noted that the way God deals with us is line upon line, precept upon precept, a little here, a little there. Fifthly, we said divine revelations can be private or public. We said it is crucial that we know which is which if, uh, uh, sorry, to know which is which, and this is achieved in the place of prayer. Private revelations are for private personal consumption or preservation as God might want us to preserve it. And we liken this to the bread being given to the eater. And we said that public revelations are for all people, general public, or people that God wants us to share His word to. And that this can be likened to seed for the soul. And if you have been given a word to share to every other person, then make sure that you do it faithfully. Do it faithfully. Number six, we said that the divine revelations are usually released to those who are fully subscribed to the purpose of God. Those who have the mind of Christ and who will not, you know, work against the revelation that God has brought to us. And who breaks into fruition where that is necessary. People who are ready to bring that will of God, that mind of God has been built by God to fruition. And seven, he said that divine revelation, uh, the prescription for divine revelation must be complete. What do we mean by that? We said that the divine revelation has two legs. The first leg is information or knowledge that is supplied by the divine revelation. And the second leg is instruction or the solution that comes as a result of the divine revelation. So, if all you have is information, don't run and begin to share it. Wait 
interpret and obtain the uh, solution or the instruction. Now, there's something I did not mention. You know, we, we mentioned the fact that we must have knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. We said wisdom is the principal thing, understanding, and uh, in, in, so get wisdom, and in getting wisdom, also get what? Understanding. So, whilst knowledge gives you information, and wisdom brings you instruction, understanding gives you the impetus to implement. Of what use is an instruction if you are not going to carry it? So that's something that we let out, which we have. That it is important that you have information, you have instruction, and you must carry it out, that you must implement it. Of the information, instruction, and implementation. The violation will always come with those two information and instruction. Your role there is to do what now? Implement as you are required. Finally, we conclude that only those who fear, who reverence, who honor, who have high regard for God can, um, those who have high regard for God are the people that God will reveal His secrets to and manifest His covenant. Those we pray for God to put His reverence in our hearts for Him. I believe that captures what we discussed last week, right? Okay. Now, let's move on to what we want to discuss today. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 13 and verse 14. Acts chapter 1, verse 13 and verse 14. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Peter and James, and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zealous, and Judah the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his bread. The Lord bless of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. We shall revisit the matter of prayer, which we have discussed uh, a few meetings back in line with God's manner of revelation. Remember we said, God speaks in this room here, we do the line up online, we set up on precepts. So, we want to dig a little deeper, even though it seems like we should have gone beyond the rest. We have been brought back because there are some things that God wants to add to what we had looked at when we looked at the vitality of prayer in this context. And so, um, we pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal more to us individually and corporately in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we shall be discussing, uh, the discussion for the day, we shall be having under the heading, they all pray. They all pray. They all pray. It is instructive to note that there were known and unknown names in the upper room. There were male and female in the upper room. There were the apostles. There were the biological family members of the Lord Jesus, as well as other followers. There were indeed about 120 people in the upper room, and as different and divergent a gathering as this was, the Bible records in verse 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. We are going to use again these verses this phrase, this all continued one accord in prayer supplication to uh, address the issue of the all prayer. Number one, when we gather in the house of God 
And when we meet what we mean by the house of God, we are not talking of the building that is purpose built necessarily. Because anywhere Christians gather is the house of God. Indeed, we are going to see that the Bible tells us that our bodies are the temple of God. So wherever we gather in the house of God, or we are writing right at all and underlining it, underlining it a number of times, or must be involved in prayer. Or not so. I've heard men say, my wife is a prayer warrior in the house. And what they are saying is that they don't need to pray. It's their wives who pray for them. When we gather, either at home or in church, in the building, purpose built for that purpose, for that purpose, or in any gathering, any meeting, all must be involved in prayer. This is all, all, not some. All want to continue. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 to 20, Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 to 20, there is power when we pray in, in a corporate form, as much as there is power when we pray as individuals. Remember, the Bible says, one will chase a thousand, and five will chase. 10,000. So when we come together, there's tremendous power that is released. In verse 18 of Matthew chapter 18, the Bible says, Verily I say, the Lord Jesus Christ speaks, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And here he's speaking in the context of all praying. Whatever we bind on the earth, heaven will be bound. Whatever we lose on the earth, heaven will lose. Indeed, some translators have said that what that should read is whatsoever you bind in heaven shall have been bound. Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. What does that mean? It's telling us that heaven would have given us the blueprint concerning what we are to bind and what we are to lose. In verse 19, it says, Again, I say unto you that if two of you, you see that verse 18 and 19 are the same. So it says again, I'm repeating this to you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching what? Anything that they shall ask, it shall what? Be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. The issue is we are now the agreement. We are going to look at that as we go ahead. So go on to see some pastor that agreement means. And in verse 20 it says, for where to? Or three are gathered together in my name, by my authority. Not where they are gathered to gossip. Not where they are gathered to, to implement an evil strategy against somebody. But where they are gathered in the name of Jesus for the purpose of Christ. He says, There am I in the midst of them. Where are I now? Two or three. That's the minimum. So it's not about whether you are one million. Whether you are gathered in the name of Jesus. In Luke chapter 9, you are going to see the danger of being in a place where people are praying and you are not praying. Where people are praying and you are, your, 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 your mind is busy doing something else. In Luke chapter, chapter 9, verse 28 through to 33. Luke chapter 9, 28 through 33. And it came to pass about an eight days after these things. He, that is the Lord Jesus, took Peter and John and James. And went up into a mountain to do what? To pray. I want you to follow this. How many people went up to that mountain? They were four. What was the purpose of their going to the mountain? To pray. I don't think the Lord Jesus took Peter, James, and John to come and sit down as spectators. He took them and said that they could do what? They could pray. Now, verse 29. And as he prayed, now who was praying? Only one person. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. 
And his raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there stood beneath two men which were Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and they that were with him were what? Heavy with sleep. And when they were awake, they saw what? His glory. And the two men that stood with him. These three others had opportunity of having their own garments glistering. You will recall that a time came when the Lord Jesus walked on water. Remember that incident. And Peter said, It is you, Lord, bid me come. And the Lord said, Come. And what happened? Peter actually walked on water. Even though he, 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 he got fired up when he began to sing, but he actually walked on water. So if they had prayed along with the Lord, the same thing that happened to the Lord would have happened to them. Now, verse 36, he said, And it came to pass, as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elias. Now, look at that last statement. Not knowing what he is. When we are not in the place of prayer, we make utterances that do not even agree with what, what is being done. The biggest thing that the Lord Jesus brought them to come and make beds for himself, for Moses, and for Elijah. Did you think that was why they went there? They went there to pray. I've seen people who go with somebody to pray. And they say, well, don't worry, you'll be praying. You know, we will be watching that so that people do not come to the study. That's not the purpose why we went to pray. I've always said this. In any church meeting, those people who are who say they are washers, who like to stand and do nothing, they will watch people who are sleeping. Meanwhile, they can say they are not listening to anything. God help them. So when we are gathered, all must do what? Be involved. Number two. All must pray continuously. Says this all continue must be continuous. We may not always be able to gather together in one place, but we must all pray continuously wherever we are. In Luke chapter 18, from verse 1 to 8, Luke 18, 1 to 8, and he that God to just take a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to do what? To pray. And not to faith, not to give up. You must keep praying. Don't give up, just keep praying. Whether you are in the church building with others or you are in the church scattered. Keep praying. You cannot afford to come on Sundays to pray together. Then Monday through Saturday, no, no, nobody is praying. They will want to come again on Sunday to pray. That's useless. We must not continuously pray. In Matthew says, saying that there was in a city a church which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came up with him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but after what he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard her, yet because this widow troubled me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry out day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? You may be crying day and night. God may be, you know, waiting, 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 waiting. It doesn't mean that he will not do it. So what do we do? We keep at it. We keep at it. He's given us a hint there that it is possible that what you are praying about may take quite some time. But keep praying. Unless God says to you, don't pray about this again, I've done it. But keep at it. Until you hear a word from God. Don't stop. When we make prayer points in church, we don't pray.
pray for me here. You go home and pray those things. Because we have notes in verse 8. Lord says, I tell you that he that is God will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, and this is the issue here, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith? It could appear that the Lord no knew, of course, what was going to happen here after his birth. And we need to ask that question ourselves. Is there faith on the earth? Is there faith amongst the brethren? Is there faith when we are there? In Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Romans chapter 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, continuing instant in what? Prayer. Continuing instant in prayer. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is important. Because I know a lot of a lot of us when we finish from church, whichever church we attend, when we finish from church, we just pack our Bibles and things in one corner till the next. We must be instant in prayer. In First Thessalonians chapter five, I'm going to read from verse 14 to 25. It's a long thing, but there are one or two things that we need to pick. It is basically an admonition to us Christians the things that God will do, and you will find the, the import of praying continually. First Thessalonians chapter five. 14 to 25. Now we exhort you, brethren, one thing that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, the patient toward all men. I tell you the truth, we are not praying in that of the rules. Because we wouldn't even have the power, the enablement to do so. Verse 15. See that not render evil for evil unto any man. There's no way you want to take vengeance unless you are praying and prayer has changed your life. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice how? Evermore. In verse 17, what does it say? Let's do together. I want to go pray without ceasing. Somebody has asked the question, how do I pray without ceasing? You pray for You just pray. I heard the story of uh, Smith Wigglesworth. He, he had been in a conversation with some people. I think he got across in the conversation. And the conversation had gone on for 15 minutes. And then he looked at God and, and he stopped there. He said, Stop. He stopped the conversation and he began to speak to God. God, I'm sorry. I did not talk in 10 minutes ago. So he said, He talks in every 5 minutes. The value conversation. Even when he's speaking, he will just shut up and talk into God and have a short, brief discussion with God. Pray without ceasing. No wonder some people have such revelation and God and not the word of God. Because the more, the more you pray, the more you interact with God through prayer, you'll be shocked how much God will be expounding the scriptures to you, opening up the scriptures and telling you, look, you did this one, but I want you to go back to something in this matter. Go back there and let's discuss it. And you'll discuss it with you. In verse 18, it says, in everything, give. Only somebody who's praying with us can understand this. Because there are some circumstances that you actually want to crack, but you know what God has said. He said, for this is what? The will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is he that has called that calleth in you, who also will do it. Verse 25. Brethren, pray for. If you know the mountain of things that you want to pray for, you will know that we cannot pray once and go away. We pray without ceasing. And the many times I've asked that we're only going to pray a little bit here when we get to go and pray, everybody will just say much of the matter to this us. Then we go over that kind of thing. No prayer is there. I'm not lying. Say glory to you. Yes, finally, I thought it was going to 
today we are going to pray. And I'm going to keep you for as long as it takes. Because we are going to Matthew chapter 21, from verse 12 to 16. And when Jesus went to the temple of God, and cast out all them that sold, and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold drugs, and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called what? The house of what? Prayer, that he hath made it a den of thieves. What is the church of God today? When we gather, what do we do? Do we pray? Do we worship God? Because part of prayer is worship. Do we give glory to God? Do we eulogize God and His Word? Or we just go ahead and do our business like this people do? There are many businessmen in the church now wearing the cloak of pastor, but all they are invested in is business. And that's all they want to teach your sons. Or any other of you. There was a church here, I don't know if they are still doing it. They had a, a special service in the morning for businessmen. Of business people. After that meeting was held at 6 a.m., they said that it was always full. Not because they came to worship God, because they came to discuss this. They have turned the house of God into a bed of thieves. Why does God say you should do business? But not in the house. The house of God is a place where we come to meet with God. It's a house of word, prayer. In fact, where this is taken from? In Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah chapter 56 or so. He said, My house shall be the house of prayer for all nations. But these ones are coming to a bed of thieves. The Gentiles. The place where the Gentiles would have gathered to come to worship God was where they were selling those and changing money. So the Gentiles, they have a prayer for all nations. The people from all nations, what has happened? They have been pushed out. The church of God is a house of prayer for all nations, for all peoples. It's not just for Christians, for all peoples. In verse 14, the Bible says, And the blind and the lame came to give the temple and the healed. What was it that made these people to be able to enter? Because they had crushed out. Thieves, the business people, the people who were merchandising in the house. So I mean, there was room for people who were to meet with God to come in. So we're going to see this. We seem to be discussing a temple, the purpose built building. But we are talking more of people views. In verse 15, said that when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that they did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were what? Saw displeased. I don't know that excited when this why? Their purpose was not to pray. Their purpose was to make money, to make merchandise of people. That's what the church of God has become. If what we are going to pray is to make money. Someone said something to my WhatsApp uh, group, one WhatsApp group, and thank God that uh, God gave me the grace to now pass that friend. That Khan, Christian Association of Nigeria, is asking to raise money, 500 naira per month, per Christian, because he wants to fight persecution. Where in which Bible did you, did you see that persecution to be fought by you? The Lord of them rejoice when they are persecuting you. Is that what the Bible says? This is another many Bible they want to make money. Imagine a million Christians for the British Foreign Marriage. I have a billion every month. In one year they make six billion. That's why they want to make money. They go about blessing on them. They were so displeased. Just look at all of our meetings. Just look at the donors. Look at our meetings. Which one is for prayer? Even when we are praying, it has nothing to do with the purpose of God, not to do with the mind of God, not to do with the Lord. It's about ourselves, our needs. I want this, I want that, I want this. That is why they are so displeased that people can want to call us back. We have sinned against God, this whole church. We have sinned against God in whatever nation we are, because we have changed after our own things rather than the things of God. We find people, according to people who are not Christians, and say, oh, God is the one who sent this fellow. How do you know that? 
because they are with you. They don't want to agree with that fellow. Say, God did not send this person a demon. And they are all, both of them are Christians. Not one knows the mind of God. In verse 16, and they said unto him, Hearest thou what this says? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babies and sufferings thou hast protected me? The house of God is a place of worship, it's a place of prayer, it's a place of praise. When things begin to happen, you will find praise. I'm sure when we get to that place, we will discuss that. In Acts chapter 3, you remember that story of that fellow who was sitting at the temple gate, always sitting down there. Then one day, as Peter was going to pray, they entered the place and met with him and, and said to him, Silver or gold have I not? But such as I have, give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Peter, pulling the man by hand, and the man was going to land, his ankle goes, took strength, and he got his hand that he was, he was standing. And he began to Bible saying that he, leaping and jumping, praising God throughout the, the length and breadth of the temple. What happened after that? The Sanhedrin came and arrested him. And but the Bible says that while they were trying, while they were trying to do all those things, they saw the man standing before them. They could not deny that they noted no miracles that taking place. What many of us call miracles today? May God have mercy on us. We don't even know these people who are coming to testify of miracles. Some people will give address and don't know what that means. We don't know these people who are giving, who are giving testimony. That is the truth of the matter. This man, everybody saw him all years sitting at the temple gate. That they told him. They saw him there every time, giving him money. So they recognized him when they saw him entering the temple. They never even recognized him. That's the kind of thing that when the house of God is, when the people of God are doing what they are supposed to do in the house of God, things begin to happen. We have to pray continually. Continual prayer. It's not only when the thing is preaching us. We now quickly watch the church and say, Reverend, this is preaching me. We need to talk to God. We need to talk to God. This is an urgent matter. Because it is urgent for you, suddenly everybody must 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 ask. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, he shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temples he have. Many of us have merchandisers in our own temple. Our thoughts are not even in the meeting when we gather. Our thoughts are everywhere, are every other place, except the purpose of God. Except that meeting. We are thinking of our problems. We are thinking of our hardship. And we are not interested if that problem is not mentioned in the church. We don't believe there is power in that church if that problem is not reached. God is saying, those people who are there defiling this temple is going to come at them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19-20. Same thing he said. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Don't you know that the Holy Ghost is in you? And because it's in you, you are now the temple of God. I remember one day, I was having a, a, a conversation with the Holy Spirit, and made mention of, oh, you know, people are going to church, and the Lord said to me, what do you mean by people are going to church? What is church? Is it a place they go to, or is it a place where they are? I began to wonder what it is. Is the body not the temple of God? Where are people are gathered together? Is that not church? Why, do we, why must we go to a building that is so designated? Why can we not meet any other place? And we have gone in such a way that some people believe that only when I go to church on Sunday am I ready. Go to our Bible studies. Less than 10%, if not 5%, attend Bible studies. The true church of God are the people who are not just hearing the word of God, but who are doing it and their lives are changing. Read 19 again. What? Knowing enough that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought what with a price. You know, you don't own yourself to do as you want. You were bought with the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's it. Well for another. The body belongs to God. You can't put on anything on that one. So number one, when we gather, all must be involved in prayer. Number two, all must pray continuously. Now number three, all must pray continuously with one accord. With one accord. We must be of the same mind with one another. But most importantly, we must be of the same mind with Christ. Not just with one another, but with Christ. We must, we must have the same purpose as Christ has. The purpose of God. There must be unity. When we talk of unity, we are not just talking of, uh, you know, coming to agree on something that uh, uh, we desire. No. That agreement, that unity must be with God at the base. Psalm 133, verse 1 to 3. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the bed, even Aaron's bed, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of heaven and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forever. What is saying that when we are united, and the blessings of God comes. It comes upon every single person, provided we are united in the same purpose. Later on, when we begin to look at Acts chapter 3, we will discover that they were also in one accord the day that the Holy Spirit fell. And they fell on how many of them? Every single one. They share the same purpose. So it is good for brothers to dwell together in unity. Because when God commands his blessings, and he does command his blessings, where there is unity, not where there is division, where there is strife and envy, and so on and so forth. Where there is unity. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 to 9. Genesis 11, verse 1 to 9. And the whole earth was one, of, was of one language, and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelled there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them truly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for oil. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name. Let us be scattered, let rather we be scattered abroad upon the face of the world. Just look at this. Verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built it. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is wrong, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they had imagined. If the body of Christ could be united, to preach from the Bible, the doctrines of God, there is nothing, there is nobody that can stand in the Bible. In verse 7, God now says, Go to them, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babylon, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all God has said to man that he should have dominion over the earth, and to what replenish it and subdue the earth. Not just that place. But all over there, but they did not want to go. They wanted to be they wanted to remain together. And God came and scattered them. They had a good purpose 
because they purpose to keep themselves together. And because they were all united in that purpose, only God Indeed, do you know that when you are united with God, if we all agree that we want to work with God in this, Satan cannot scatter us. But you look for one person that is a victim and begin to put poison and do you know, do you see how that person was looking at you? And then suddenly you begin to feel that somebody does not like you. And that's the end of that. That's why we must not love We must not think evil of any other person. Let's love everybody. Hope the best for every single person. We're united. Until God came and scattered. There's nothing that will not achieve if our unity was before. In the most of the people, the Bible says, can two walk together except that they agree? The two they are talking about is God and us. God one party, us one party. Can we walk together with God except we agree with Him? He's the senior partner. God does not, does not have to agree with us. What many of us try to do is to come up with a vision and then tell God that He should agree with that vision, then we'll move together. No. God has his own mission, has his own vision, which he gives to us. And when we agree with him in that world, it is achievable. Finally, in Acts chapter 5, I'm not going to read that verse 1 to 10. You will remember, you will recall there that Ananias and Sapphira had polluted husband and wife. That is the closest bond ever. The, the bond between a man and his wife. They agreed to lie to the Holy Spirit and were found out by the Holy Spirit. So yes, we must all pray continuously. We must have all our view of the same mind of one accord. But remember that accord is who? Of God. The purpose and plan of God. Number four, not only must all pray, not only must all pray continuously, not only must all pray continuously with one accord, all must continuously with one accord pray and supplicate. There's a word like that. Or be suppliers. What we are saying here is that our praying must include pleading and entreaty, not arrogance. You recall the Pharisee who went to pray with so much arrogance. Oh, I, I, I pray twice a week. I pay tithe of God. I'm not a sinner. I'm not this, I'm not that, like that publican there. That's an arrogant prayer. Supplication with entreaty, pleading, begging. Because we have come to a sovereign, to be with sovereign. In Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, we want to pray that. We just want to set some things right. In verse 2, this is the Lord teaching prayer. It says, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in heaven, so in the earth. We place God first in everything. Before we now begin to discuss in verse 3, give us this day our daily prayer as well as well. But first, we must, we must, we must. Be looking at the things that are pleasing to God. We must be making supplication to God. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come, O Lord. With your kingdom does not come, we are finished. Lord, let your will be done on the earth. As it's always done in the heavens. Grant us the grace, Lord, to do your will, to implement it, to make sure that it is happening on the earth. Lord, we are praying, we are pleading with you. Let your will be done on the earth. There are many of us instead who will plead with God for Him to do what He would not want. I remember many years ago, I was pastoring the church. A group of ladies had done something wrong. And I think I sent my wife to and tell them that that thing they brought, they should take it back. That we, don't, we, don't, we don't keep such things. I can't even remember what it was. And then one of the ladies went to my wife and said, Come on, mommy, they have to accept it. So, on Wednesdays, they have to accept it. Sometimes you think about Where do you get that kind of thing from? God must accept it. 
the, the, when you are being told that this thing you are doing is wrong, you say, no, I'm very happy, they must accept it. How can they accept it? Is that the same attitude that you bring to God? We say, oh no, I'm very happy, accept this, accept this. When he has told you, this is my will, I want my will to be done. But you say, no, because you accept it. Because you are very happy. May those things be cracked. Will you say, amen? Amen. May they be cracked. So that they will now neither understand what it is. To accept the will of God. Verse 5 through 13 of the same Luke chapter 11. And he that is not just, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, let me see those. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to say before him. And he from the day shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, so he will not rise and give him because he is his strength. Yet, because of his importunity, what does that mean to be importunate? To keep pressing on, to keep pressing on, to keep, to, even if he's pleading. You know, I used to think that to be importunate is to be, you know, to be vociferous, uh, to be making noise and shouting. No. It might not be pleading, continual pleading, continual pleading, continual pleading, like the widow did with the judge. So just come one day and say, my mother, I will not forget you, that you will come and every job. I know that you are very busy, but this, eh? this one is small, but eh? I need justice. She will come again, after I want to justice, this one will be very quickly finish her mouth. I heard the story once of a friend who went to pray to God. I think he, was, he went to discuss a very serious matter. I don't know what the issue was, but I think they said he was, was believing God for the contract, and there was something that was there. Uh, Standing in the path of the company. I think it was a contract to the tune of about 50 million. In those days, that was a lot of money. So he went to the altar in the afternoon to pray. He went to the church building to pray. And as he was praying, he saw this fellow shouting at the top of his voice that he was screaming, Lord, that 5,000 naira I've been asking you for. And yet he gave it to us. And he was shouting at the The fellow who needed time to God for 50 million, got up and said, Lord, this is 5,000 naira. I need this place to discuss more. This is totally different. Do I know? That is true. Because of your opportunity. Lord, I woke up, I woke up again. I remember when we left your place in that discussion. You know, you haven't said anything. And he said a word for me. Well, I'm waiting to be good. Maybe you didn't hear me. You didn't know. I don't know what to do. I know that you don't know what to do. Because I'm not about That matter is still there. You know, I'm not seeing it happen yet. But Lord, I know. Please, not arrogant to say, I've been paying my time all the years, I've not done anything. You must answer me, you must answer me today, today. I'm sorry, you made that song. Jesus must answer me today, today. Must. For the Lord, that's not something. Supplication is completely much entreaty. Say, Lord, help me. So he's saying that in verse 8, I say to you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his opportunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you, ask, and what? It shall be given you. Seek, and it shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. I used to think that this knocking means backing, backing and making noise. No, this knocking is the For everyone, please, I want you to notice, this is a faith bill. For everyone that asketh God for, receive it, and he that seeketh for us, he finds it, 
And to him that not yet what happens, it shall be oh, this is God speaking, not a man. This is God speaking. If a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is the father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a servant? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Importunity, importunity, keep asking until you receive. If you have not received, don't stop asking. When I say you have not received, I mean God has not given you an answer until you get an answer. Keep asking. In First Samuel chapter 1, Verse 1 to 18, I'm going to tell the story and then maybe read one of our so verses. We know the story of Hannah, who had a, a, a wife named Penina, married to one husband. Hannah had no children, Penina had children. And because Penina had children, Penina trusted Hannah. And every year they would go to the, to the house of God. And, you know, she would be grieved. Then one day, one of such visits, Hannah made up her mind that today, let me read it from you. From verse 9. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten a shy, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept. So this is interesting. Pleading with God, begging God, look at my case, look at my situation, look at me, how people are making fun of me. See my, 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 my husband, my other wife, see what she's doing. And she vowed a vow, I'm not asking to make vow. I would say it's better not to bow than to bow and not pay. Not asking to bow. She bowed and bowed and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Now, this was a vow. The reason why I tell you not to make a vow is because I know man. They will make vow and they cannot make it. So it's better not to make a vow because God will look at me and say, Look at this thing. That's what the, that's what the Bible says that God looks at people who make vows and not give them as fools. And we know what other scripture says about the fool. The fool is man that says that there is no So the man who makes the vow does not pay the vow. It's the man who says there is no God. Who, 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 who sees that vow? Verse 12. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord. That Eli's man came out. Now Hannah, now Hannah, she spoke. She spoke in her heart only, and uh, when spoke in her heart, only her lips moved. Then her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunk. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? Eh, madam? Any morning, Kai Kai, put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, Oh, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink. When I have poured out my soul, but there are no supplication. When you are supplicating before God, you pour out everything. You are naked before God. You, you, you just open yourself up to God. Say, Lord, this There's one lady who, who was sharing, one pastor, one female pastor who was sharing many years ago. She said, when the matter has reached the height, and she knows that there's no one, she will just go in the in, into her prayer process and strip the and say, Lord, this is nothing to do. This is the matter I've got. All is here. We are not discussing. Entreaty. We need to employ entreaty when we are talking to God. We need to plead it. Enough of this uh, pride and arrogance that we have. We need to entreat the Lord. 
in verse 15, Count not thy handmaids for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaints and grief have I spoken hither. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she, and she said, Let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went away and did eat, and her countenance was no more. Why? In those days, it was the priest that said, Go, brother, that's in our, in our honor, the new covenant, what do we do? We expect to hear from who? From God. What we say? Then you cannot go. And then no more sad countenance. Even though you don't have it, the fact that you believe that God says it is done, that's all. So, number one, all must pray. Number two, all must pray continuously. Number three, all must pray continuously with one accord. Number four, all must continuously with one accord pray and supplicate. Number five, all must pray continuously with one accord and much entry or supplication with much expectation. With much expectation. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 to 15, we read this over and over again. We should know it. And this is the confidence that we have that if we have anything of the Lord according to His will, what happens? He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. So from that time on, once we know that God has heard us, what do we do? We expect that. We know the people that God will not hear. God will not hear sins. God will not hear those who regard iniquity in their hearts. We know that God will not, will not hear those people who decide to live contrary to Him. So when we have made sure that we've removed all of that, and then we go and pray, we know that God has heard us. And then we are praying according to His will. He has heard us. So we leave that place with that confidence, expecting to have an answer, no matter how long it will take. But we must be expectant that it will happen. Remember what the Lord said in Luke chapter 18. He said, Though our Lord will God avenge his very his own elect, who cried to him out day and night, though he tarry long. It may take a long time in coming. But rest assured that if God has helped you, you have the answer. The point is, will God hear me? So you must deal with the things that will not make God hear you. Sin, remove it. Self, remove it. Regarding iniquity, remove it. Walking with the source of failure, remove them. Trying crap and other things, remove it. Walks of the flesh, get rid of them. Your own will, banish it. Then go and pray according to the will of God. And let us see whether God will not hear you. Whether you will not get the petition. Like we said in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 18, you could see Hannah, the covenant was no longer stuck. What was what was it expecting? The answer from God. It was expected. You cannot pray that kind of prayer. And then now you still go back and say, well, nothing has, I don't know what has happened to you. How do you do that? How do people leave the presence of God and they are sad? Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Verse 1 to 5. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex that another church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of eleven bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter of Passover to bring him forth to the people. Verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without what? Ceasing of the church unto God for 
They were afraid. You see, the first time that they caught James, I'm sure they would have said, James is an apostle. He's a mighty man of God. He's a man of prayer. But they were sad when they heard that James was still there. Then he stretched up and picked Peter and said, Ah, no, 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 we need to pray. And they began to pray. Now, when they pray with expectation, that was not good. Let's go to verse 12. As they were praying, an angel of the Lord went into that prison and rescued Peter with 16 soldiers were guarding him. And he rescued him from the midst of 16 soldiers and walked out of the, the, the prison with high fences and high gates and whatever. He gave open of the other one that Peter walked out. Now, after all this, um, uh, what do you call it now? After coming out of the, of the prison, let's take it from verse 12. And when he, that is Peter, had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose son was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. What do you think they were praying about? The release of Peter. That's what they were praying about. So he went there. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to her, named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened up the gate for gladness, but ran in and told her Peter stood before the gate. This lady did not need to see Peter. She heard the voice and ran out like that. And that's why a friend of glory to God. She ran. Go and tell her. And look at verse 15. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. This is a good prayer for the release of me. And they said, Peter is at the gate. If they were praying, expect that. What do you think they should have said, brethren? What did they say to you? What did they say to Do you think they were expecting that their prayers would be answered? I don't think so. That's what that means. So, so we, you know that we do that. Say, Lord, say, Lord, say, Lord, say, Lord, say, Lord, say, and then we pray, 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 pray. No expectation that will happen. No expectation. Sometimes in our prayer, we are magnifying the problem. Lord, you know, Peter is between 16 soldiers. We don't know how you are going to do it, but we know that you can do it. All is just talk. No, we don't know how you are going to do it, but we know you can do it. You know, there's nothing that is difficult with you. And they are very that they told them that Peter is a little boy, a bad woman. Which Peter are you talking about? The Peter that's in the prison. Did you read it in the newspapers? Did you see it on Google? But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. This girl, Rhoda, had more faith that, no, don't forget, she didn't see Peter. She only heard the voice. That the prayer was more, I, 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 heard, I heard once, the prayer was more in her. The, the, the faith was more in her than those other people pray. I heard once that there was in the town, they were going to pray for him. Because they are not praying for years in that time. So they call the prayer that we need to pray so that the rain will fall. And everybody gathered. And as they gathered to pray, there was one little girl of all the hundreds of all the thousands of people gathered in that place at the data. Only that little girl came with an umbrella. Who do you think believed that rain will fall? It was that little girl. She went to the other side the way. She believed that they would have rain would fall as a result of prayer. The others went without umbrella. I ask you, where is it is said that brings that expectation. The Lord Jesus said, remember again in Luke chapter 18, verse 8. He said, Look, this, I want to tell you, God will avenge his own speedily. However, when the Son of Man shall come, maybe to deliver the answer, shall he find faith on the earth? Will he find people having faith? A lot of our prayers are faithless. And that must stop. We cannot be praying continuously, making supplications, and there is no expectation that we will receive an answer. How can that be prayed? When we have heard that those who knock the door, the, 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 those who knock the door, the door will work, shall open up to them. What kind of prayer are we praying if there is no expectation that it be answered? But she constantly affirmed that she was taken. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. 
Then says the it is the danger, that is the way out. So Peter now had an angel, and the angel came to speak using Peter's voice. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. When were they astonished? They didn't believe. God is speaking to you and I that we must always be expectant when we are talking. He is not a dead God. Do you know the insult it is for us to stand before God and pray without expectation? Look at Psalm 9, verse 18. Psalm 9, verse 18. Let me read it from verse 17. It says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish. Who are we talking of here? Those poor now. Those who are poor, those who are trusting God. He says, The expectation shall not perish. Even though it doesn't happen this year, it can happen next year. If it doesn't happen next year, it can happen the other year. It doesn't have to happen when you, want, when, when you think it will happen. Look at Psalm 37, verse 37. Psalm 37, verse 37. The Bible says, Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright. For the end of that man is what? In verse 38 it says, But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. Mark that man, his end shall be peace. The, the expectation shall be met. But that of the transgressor shall be cut off. Praise the name of the Lord. And um, Proverbs 23. Proverbs chapter 23. I'm going to read it from verse 17. And I'll read also verse 18. Proverbs 23, 17 and 18. It says, Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end, and an expectation shall not be cut off. Stop envying sinners. You know, we are praying to God for something. Then we see sinners getting, it seems like they are getting those things. I don't know what we are talking about. And what do you do now? You start envying them. Because you don't envy You just fear God. Reference God. There shall be an end of your mind, and the expectation shall not be cut off. That's not what we say in our Because there is nothing that you are asking God that God is not able to do. I, I want you to remember, I think we discussed that before. One time we were looking at Matthew chapter 8. Let me read from there a bit before I go elsewhere now. Matthew chapter 8, when the Lord Jesus came down after the Sermon on the Mount, from verse 1, said, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitude followed in verse 2. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. What was this man's statement? He was not challenging the ability of God. Do you understand? What he was asking was, Is it your will? If it's your will, I know that you can make me. What many of us do is to challenge the ability of God. Can God do this? Not if it is real, but can he do it? And I remember the, the, the father of that boy, that, that boy who was suffering uh, epilepsy, who, 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 who went to God and said, Please, if you can, heal my son. Because if I can, I you can. If I can, you have to. If you believe all things are possible to you that believe, the man said, I believe, help my faith, oh, help me, help my unbelief. One man said he believes you, the other man is praying in his office, praying that he should help some believe. We need to pray! And God should help our unbelief. Because for all your praying, if there is no faith, no expectation that what you are asking for will happen, then you just wish that you, you might as well just have started somewhere else. And not for that. In Luke chapter 1, I want to read from verse 34 to 38. This was when the angel Gabriel came to tell me that she was going to bear a child, having not known a man. 
Look at verse 34. Let's say everyone to believe it. How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which thou shalt be born, which thou shalt, which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month of her, who was called her. For with God nothing shall be. For with God nothing shall be. Remove God. Everything is Put God there. Nothing. And look at Mary's beautiful response to that day. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. I want you to know that if you go and read verse 35 again, even you could not have understood what the angel was saying. And I doubt that Mary understood what the angel was saying. Look at what he said. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. What does that mean? And the power of the highest shall overshadow you. What does that mean? Therefore also, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. What does, it, what does this statement mean? What the Pharisee said, Be it unto me, for it to die. That's the kind of statement of faith that is expected of a child. When you have prayed, there was no expectation. I mean, sometimes when we say, Let us pray as a church. And always, he can hear what God is saying, but we seem to pray. And I remember, I remember what used to happen when I was a child in primary school. In, those days, in our days, we had the both day and afternoon sessions. There were students who went to school in the daytime, and there were those who went to school in the afternoon. I think day was from 7 a.m. to was it 1, 12 or 1 p.m. or so, and then afternoon was from 1 or 2 p.m. till about 5 or 6 in the evening. So once we hear that last bell, bagan, 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 and there, there's one song we used to sing, I can't remember that song now. The joy that is in our hearts, with excitement, and oh, thank God, we are going home. All the lessons they taught us from morning to evening, for the joy that we are going home, we have forgotten it, that's how many people like, like the church. Everything they are taught, once they are hearing the, the, the meeting is coming to an end, that joy was, and they forgot everything, then they go That will not be your place in Jesus' name. Yeah. In Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, I want to read verse 35, and then maybe one or two other verses. It says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great work, recompense of reward. Don't throw away your confidence in God. There's always a reward, there's always something that God is going to do. Don't pray and cast away your, your confidence in God. Look at verse 36. It says, For ye have need of patience. Because sometimes when this is taking long, we, we lose hope. You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Don't cast off your confidence. So we have said five things so far. Number one is what? All must be involved in prayer. Number two? All must be continuously. Number three? All must be continuously. One after that is must have the purpose of God in heart. Number four, all must pray continuously, one accord, and to entreaty. We must entreat God for a plea with Him that He will hear us. And number five, all must pray continuously. With one accord, 
in supplication with much with much expectation. With much expectation. That one goes. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Now I, I mentioned this in, in, in passing. Uh, when Peter and John had uh, caused the lame man to walk and St. Hebrew had come to arrest arrested. They followed him, they brought them out, and after asking questions and other things, and they kept saying that it was the power of in the name of Jesus that has healed this person with the power of the Almighty, brought salvation to this man, brought deliverance and healing to him, and so on and so forth. And then we angry with them and told them not to preach again in that name. And if it were today, we would have gone to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, names, WhatsApp, we would have written everywhere. Can you imagine the leaders of the church and the ones saying that we should not preach in the name of Jesus? What kind of people are these? What are they who now have rejoined us? People are like, don't mind them, they are these people. Don't mind them, they don't know anything. They just say that they are leaders of the church. They don't know Jesus. They don't know anything. Don't mind them. They say they are following God. I doubt that they are following God. They want crazy people who come up and begin to abuse these things. And they will say, and yet, you still cannot preach in that. Do you understand what I'm saying? After all the noise, you still cannot preach in that. Oh, they are pursuing Christians in Southern Canada. They are pursuing Christians. What have you done? Nothing. You are only to go to social media and say, it's because the Muslim is in charge. It's because the we have been having the Southern Carolina crisis for as long as I can remember in this country. Since the 60s, it has not been resolved. So, what has the, pres- the present president got to do with this? Or the present government of Pakistan? What has he got to do with They declared themselves their state, even under the military. It was because of that matter, this, uh, what was called the Zongo Qatar or something. It was because of that matter that Zamani Airport was sentenced to death by Sonia Abbasi. But God rescued him. It's a matter that been there for a long time. Then we now come up and want to turn it into, into a political, religious, political matter. Let's learn from them. This is how we deal with persecution. And it doesn't mean that persecution will stop. That is how to do it. Let's go from verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. Thank God there were no computers there. They would have gone to, maybe they would have gone to open computers and begin to tell people what is happening. And then the people who want to make noise will make noise and abuse and insult. You cannot even ask a question on social media now. This is how do you know that? A, a simple, honest question, you know you can ask. The next thing you are going to receive is a tirade of insults. What do you mean? Who are you? What are you talking about? Even when somebody supplies an explanation, why should you, why should you give him an explanation? He is a ghost, he is brainless. Facebook is business. So the people who order you will never be able to talk to you. Now they had a screen. They cannot say what Bring that person out to public. This guy is going to be giving That is giving him something to practice and they are their amenities. Verse 24. And when they heard that, what would have happened to them? And when they heard that, please, let somebody don't read this, don't read the rest. What would have happened to them? When they heard what happened to Peter and John. What do you think would have done? First of all, we would have taken a photograph of it in his ragged England, just coming out of ESCC for preaching the gospel. That's what we do. We take photographs, then we write all kinds of things there. It is because, look at, look at, the, look at the chief of Anistar, he's a, he's a Fulani, the Esther, Fulani, Navy, Fulani, which is a lie, police, Fulani, uh, ESCC, Fulani, this one, Fulani, that, that we are being ruled by Fulani, that's the problem! You pray, you know. 
And then we will issue, we will issue notice. Look, we are the two men in this country. I'm telling you. A whole car, DFF, uh, DFF will issue notice that all to pray at one year. What was it the morning? They have to tell you that. They say, well, midnight prayer is very strong. Who told you that? They say, because witches are fine. The morning, no, I shouldn't be praying. There are interferences. They say, no, we have to pray. Okay, we have been praying. But sometimes they even have fast. What has been asked? Nobody has told us what it is. Now, Khan has come. Khan has a wider membership than here. Now, Khan says that they want to fight persecution in Southern Kaduna and in Nigeria. That no Christian should no more attacks on Christians. Even when they attack, it's political. It's easy. It's easy. So, what is their solution to do? They need money to stop persecution. And somebody tells me, how has money coming there? Then they say every Christian should contribute 500 naira a month. I say, look at these groups. They are looking for money. Maybe some of them are, because now they are, they are, they are, in, they are in office, they, maybe they left their churches. So they don't receive what they should receive from their churches. Now they want money. If 1 million Christians are vulnerable enough to contribute 500 naira every month, that's 6 billion in the year. And the way we are vulnerable in this country, I, I venture to say that it's possible to find 15 million people. You have made them billionaires. And the persecution also continues. And all the people is good to do, press, and begin to deal with this. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to who? To God! Not to the National Assembly. To God! Not to the President, not to the Vice President. In fact, our Vice President has been disdained and sidelined now by Christians. Because they expect him to be speaking for Christians. As though he's the Vice President of Christians and not Vice President of Nigeria. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Their own was, was, was sure. Their mind was secure in what they were asking for. And said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth, and the sea, and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine great things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth, gave thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal and as signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Holy Child of Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God, the word, boldness. Then there's a question, the persecution stopped. You, you must understand, it can never stop. If you're a Christian, you must get ready for persecution, you will be persecuted. Nothing is going to stop it. Donald Trump cannot stop it. Father Mary is not going to stop it. Khan can never stop it. The Lord has assured us that in this world, we will have to be So if I build a good chair, I have to perform. Verse, um, where are we now? Verse 32 now. And the multitude of them that believed were one heart and one soul, neither said any of them that part of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things come. You, you see that they were not raising money. Everybody agreed that this is And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the price of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. 
if it was if it is today, please believe that the apostles the apostles apostle put his foot on top of it and say, Well, the apostles who has touched it. So it is going what's the question is like you use the leg of the thing backwards. That is going into the people who choose before and the important. Then we now say those same four people to come and bring money. May God have mercy on the souls of our leaders in Jesus' name. This is the appropriate response. The church needs to pray. We need to have the earthquake. Whatever the issues are that we face as individuals or as a congregation of God's people, we must be sensitive enough to the Spirit to take it to God in prayer. We must be sensitive to make sure that we are taking the matter to God in prayer. In 2 Chronicles chapter 16, there was a king that God spoke about. This king was marvelously helped. Then one day he decided that he wants to go and burn incense in the temple, which was not his job. In the process, God struck him with leprosy. Now look at what God said about this in verse 12 of 2 Chronicles chapter 16. And Ezra, in the 39th year of his reign, was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet, in his disease, he sought not to the Lord, but to who? The physicians. Am I saying don't go to the Christian? No, I'm not saying that. Then go to God. Talk to God and go to the physicians. But make sure that you are hearing what God is saying first. Sometimes the physician told them is to ameliorate the pain so that you are not screaming or shouting or whatever. You calm down the pain whilst we are praying and seeking God's face on the matter. I said it over and over again. Prayer must be our best, it must be our last, it must be our in between. Any other thing we are doing is an auxiliary. We must be sensitive. To the spirit, whatever comes our way, is it persecution, is it that challenge, is it financial challenge, whatever it is, go and talk to God. Let God speak to you. Okay, you are looking for money, you want to borrow money. Go and talk to God. God might tell you, don't borrow any money. They are not asking to borrow money. I will do this thing myself. Then you give away. And if God wants you to borrow, say, go to some other person and ask money. I remember once I wanted to pay for something and I expected that, well, if I talk to one or two people, I will be able to get the money. As I was going, I just whispered to God and said, Lord, you know, this is too long. God said, no, 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 go and talk to that person. The person God was telling me to talk, I think I can't to give the money. And that was the person that gave me the money. The other person that I would have gone to didn't give anything. As the congregation of God, whether we are gathered or scattered, whether we are in one place or we are in different places, we must make prayer a constant. Prayer must never be an option. It must be constant. We shouldn't be having prayer meeting as a program. Because it is what we should be doing every time we meet. Do you understand? We, have, we pray every day. So why do we have prayer meeting? And even in our prayer life, we must be praying. Not just in church. But remember that we ought to pray continuously. Having the focus of God in our hearts with much intrigue and with much expectation. We must expect the quaking of grounds, the quaking of mountains, the quaking of the seas, the quaking of the seats of political power, the seats, the place of our bowl, the quaking of the place of our bowl, of principalities and powers. Satan's headquarters must be quaking. We must expect kingdoms to fall. Therefore, we ought always to pray and not to move. Let us go ahead. Talk to God. First and foremost for ourselves, I told you, I promise you, we are going to pray. But the best thing we want to do is we want to be sure that we are right 
with God. We want to be sure that our purpose is the purpose of God. Bring your heart and mind together with God today. Make up your mind that you want to pray the will of God today. Put aside your own private needs and let's focus on what God wants us to pray about. Some of us need to go and plead for mercy with God because we have made prayer an optional extra. We have made prayer something that we only do when we have a challenge. We don't pray on a daily basis. We pray when we like. We pray when we are having a challenge or the other. When everything is closing, we don't see the need to pray. Talk to God. Because we have some serious prayers that we want to pray. That want to pray to the church. But I want you to talk to God. I want you to ask the Lord to have mercy on you as an individual. To help you to, to have the same purpose as Him. To be one with Him in everything. Remember, they all pray. We all must pray. Not one of us should be left not free. Talk to God. Settle yourself. Did the blood of Jesus over your life to cleanse you from every iniquity as the Almighty God. To remove everything that will hinder in hearing our prayers from your life and from our life, from our gathering, from our meeting. Talk to God. We need the earth to quit today. We need the seat of power to quit today. All over the world. We need Satan's headquarters to quit. The Bible tells the gates to lift up their heads and let the Almighty come in. What gate is standing there? Let every gate be lifted up and be lifted up, O ye gates. And let the Almighty come in. Talk to God. Talk to God. Remember, we ought always to pray and not to pray. Always we must pray. We must be prayerful. And we must be praying. Talk to God, talk to God, talk to God. For yourself. For yourself. Ask God to have mercy on you. Especially when you are having merchandisers in your heart. Ask God to come and remove, kick away every merchandising in your heart. That your heart will be a place where God and God alone will have his seat. Every obstruction to your prayers today. Ask the Almighty God to come and remove it in the name of Jesus. Bible says where two of them are gathered together in says when we agree on anything here on the earth, God will give it to us. We want to agree together today in prayer and trust God with much expectation that we shall see the result. Let's begin to bring our personal prayers to the truth. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Let's start to our feet. It's time to pray. The first thing we want to pray for the church of God, not just in Nigeria, but everywhere in the world. We want to ask God for deliverance for the church. Deliverance, excuse me, deliverance of false gospels. Deliverance of syncretism. That is where we are mixing all manner of beliefs together. Deliverance of sexual sins. Deliverance from a, a false gospel. Deliverance from the law of money. Let's go ahead and pray to God and say, Lord, deliver your church. 